thank you all for helping us today and leading us in worship during this special time of the year. Craig and his family have been on vacation for the past week, uh, I think down in Florida where it's warm and uh, they'll be uh, back with, uh, Craig will be back in the office tomorrow and Craig will be back preaching for you next week and the rest of the Sundays in December and we certainly hope that that was a refreshing time for them. We're glad that you're here with us today during this season of the year called Advent. For some of you who grew up in a church tradition that practiced the observance of Advent, this is not unfamiliar to you. For others, it might be. It's a practice that we've had here at Southwest Christian Church for many, many years. And we each year look forward to this time of anticipation of the arrival of Christ. The word Advent means coming. It means arrival. It has the idea with it of looking forward to the arrival of the birth of Christ. In the one sense, we know that Christ has come, but we know that as we go through this season, we look forward to his coming birth again. And we also know that in Advent, we look to his ultimate coming as he comes again in the second coming. Advent is a season of the year. It's not commanded in the Bible, but it's a tradition of the church that is many, many centuries old. We can trace the origins of Advent all the way back to the 3rd and 4th centuries A.D. As churches began to use it as a time of contemplation and reflection leading up to the commemoration of Christ's birth. Advent is a season of year that involves symbols, as you've seen already this morning. Behind me in the church is a cross. It recognizes, it reminds us of, of something when we look at that cross. We remember Christ's crucifixion. We remember Christ's atonement for our sins, the work done on that cross. When we go out into our foyer today, you'll see a beautiful stained glass window of another cross with the various colors that, that draw our attention. And as it overshadows that beautiful table that's there out in the foyer, and that's a communion table that was used in our East Point building for many, many years. All these things are symbols, symbols that communicate to us deeper meaning. And Advent involves symbols also, things that help us. We don't worship symbols, but symbols help us. Today we have in front of us a simple Advent wreath, representative of the life and colors of greenery and berries, the Advent wreath. Inside that wreath we have candles, candles of different colors. The colors are purple, pink, and white. You'll see that three of the Advent candles today are purple. And, and this color purple reminds us of the, the majesty and the royalty of our Lord Jesus Christ that he had as our King of Kings in heaven. But yet he gave it up and the humility that he displayed. And then, then also the, the humility that we're called to display in recognition of what the Lord's done for us. So as we think of the candle that's purple color, we're reminded of the Lord's grandeur and majesty, and we're humbled that he would do that for us. There's a pink candle that is also in the wreath. 
And that candle is a candle of joy, rejoicing. And that's usually lit on the third Sunday of Advent. The white candle in the center is called the Christ candle. And that candle will light on Christmas Eve after 6 p.m. when we're all gathered here together for candlelight communion services that evening and have all the candles lit in the Advent wreath. There's a sequence that we light these candles of Advent. Today we lit the candle of hope. Hope. Next Sunday we'll light the candle of peace. The next Sunday the candle of joy. And the fourth Sunday the candle of love. Advent. Anticipation of his coming. We lit that candle of hope today. Hope. Hope. It's an essential thing to life, to make life real and meaningful and satisfactory, isn't it? To feel like that we're more than just existing, we need hope in our life. Hope fuels extraordinary efforts, extraordinary effects, efforts towards a goal, sometimes in the face of daunting circumstances. When we have hope, we continue to pursue that goal. Hope produces perseverance, perseverance, sticking to it over the long haul, even when the task is not easy. Hope gives the sometime monotony of our lives. Hope gives it meaning, that we're part of something bigger than ourselves, that, that our efforts are going somewhere. Without hope, without hope, too often we fall into despair and depression and cynicism. Many years ago I heard a story of the experiments that the Nazis did in the Jewish concentration camps back in World War II. The story goes like this, that in that concentration camp there were a number of Jewish workers who were sent out each day outside of the camp to labor and to dig holes and uh, build foundations and build walls and all that type of thing to build things. Now, they were on a meager ration. They were abused, didn't get a lot of rest, but each day they would look forward to going outside of those gates and working on something, building something, until the Nazis decided to conduct a cruel experiment. That experiment involved the, the trickery of saying, yeah, you're going to go out and dig holes and build walls, but at the end of the day, after you've dug the hole and built the wall, we're going to have you fill the holes in again and tear the walls down, only to do the same thing tomorrow and the next day and the next day. And the story goes that what happened was these Jews on the same rations, the same, the same amount of rest, the same discipline, began to die at a more rapid pace. Why? Because in their life, in their day-to-day -day simple routine that they went through, the element of hope was taken away from them. Today, I want to remind you that during this season of Advent, that Christ came to give us hope. Simple words of the Apostle Paul wrote to the Roman church in Romans chapter 15, verse 13. The Roman church, a church that 
was facing persecution and persecution would be ahead for it to those people who may have had no idea what tomorrow would bring for them the apostle paul could write these simple words to those people that he loved and those people that knew him the words that said may the god of all hope fill you with all joy and with all peace and the apostle paul could say those things because he knew that through christ our savior hope could be rooted in their hearts and our hearts which overflowed in the face of whatever the world threw at them and throws at us hope is something that jesus gives he always has when we when his birth was announced by the angels what did they say they say behold born to you a savior christ the lord this is good news I bring you good news for all the people, and the good news is that there's more to life than what we see. There's hope in Christ. We're part of something bigger than us. And yet that hope of Christ that was announced so many, many years ago was not always received openly by everyone, was it? It's still not these days. Seemingly, mankind is pushed back against that hope, have tried to bury that story of Christmas, bury that story of that baby in the manger. Throughout millennia, men and women have tried to do it themselves, to be the Lord of their own life, to say, I know better. We struggle and strive to find happiness throughout our lives, sometimes by pushing God away and not listening to him, not listening to the voice of the one who began his life in a simple way in a manger. We see it culturally as more and more the Christmas season becomes so secular. We see it as we have battles over whether it's even called Christmas even more. Whether it's called a winter vacation instead of a Christmas vacation. Someone has taken the song, we wish you a Merry Christmas, and changed the words to we wish you a swinging holiday. In this day and age, in this day and age, the world needs to know the hope of Jesus Christ. We can find that people throughout history had tried, have tried to squelch that, that word of hope that comes from Jesus. And I want to ask you today, imagine the world if indeed Christ had not come to be born in that manger. Imagine what the world would look like if God hadn't been born in Bethlehem. Imagine obvious differences we might see right off the bat would be the calendar that we follow, which separates history into events before and after the year of our Lord. I'm not even talking about the churches that would go vacant and vanish across our landscape, the crosses that would be there no more. I'm not talking about the universities, the hospitals, the charitable organizations which never would have been founded because the spirit of their foundation, the Lord Jesus Christ, wouldn't have been there to cause that. I'm not talking about the lack of Christmas cards and presents and well wishes, the singing of carols, all that that wouldn't happen if Christ had never come and been born. How would our, Lord, how would our world be different without the hope 
of Jesus Christ. I'm talking about deeper things, more meaningful things. Yes, without Lord, the Lord coming into to history, the advent of Jesus Christ, we might hear the words of Scripture, the wages of sin or death, without ever hearing the last part of that verse that says, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. We might hear the words that say, the soul that sins will die without hearing the words, but by grace you've been saved through faith. This is not of your doing. It's the gift of God and Jesus Christ. If Jesus hadn't come, if we didn't have the hope of Christ, if we hadn't seen Jesus' birth, his life, his atonement at Calvary, him going to the tomb, him rising from the dead, ascending into heaven, if we hadn't seen those things that prove to us that there is a God, there's a God that we can seal and touch and know that we can resonate with and understand by seeing the person of Jesus. If Jesus had not come, his advent had not happened, we'd be no better than the animals around us, free to act in whatever way we felt at whatever time, with no conscience, no, no motivation beyond ourselves. If Jesus hadn't come and there was nothing calling us to any meaning beyond this life, then why wouldn't we? Why wouldn't we put down the elderly? Why wouldn't we hurt the weak? Why wouldn't we abandon children? Why wouldn't we not care for physically and mental challenged people? Why would we contribute to have the welfare of others around us improved if there's nothing beyond us, if life has no meaning, if it's just cradle to grave and do the best you can and, and that's all you can do and then it's over with? If Jesus hadn't been born, our hope, our search for hope, would end in futility. If Jesus hadn't been born in Bethlehem, those who were blind, those who were blind would never be able to look forward to a heaven where they could see the wonders and the colors that the Lord has prepared for them there. If Jesus hadn't been born, if we didn't have the hope of Christ, the deaf would never be able to hear the beautiful music we've heard today and sung today, the beautiful choruses that await them in heaven. If Jesus hadn't been born, the crippled would have no comfort to look forward to in a day when there were lives and their bodies would be absent from the pain and the frustration that racks them. If Jesus hadn't been born, that widow or widower would receive no solace, no comfort as they stand and look at the grave of the one that they've spent the past 50 years with as husband and wife, no hope of seeing them again. If Jesus had, had not been born, and Jesus had not lived and carried out his life's purpose and gone to Calvary and to the grave and, and rose from the grave, if Jesus hadn't done all these things, then our lives would be simply a, an exercise and, and we don't know what's going to happen. We have nothing we can grasp to. I don't know. I don't know. Hopelessness would rack us. Hopelessness would become that which drives us in life. But the good news is this. Christ has come. Christ has come. 
And because Christ has come, everything has changed. Because Christ has come, no longer do we live a life absent of hope. I'm not talking about a wishy-washy hope. I hope it doesn't rain tomorrow. I'm talking about a real hope that we can put our confidence in, a, a hope that is rooted and grounded in something real, the real advent of a real person named Jesus Christ, a historical person who not only was historical, but was the God-man incarnate who came to live among us, not only to save us, but to show us what God is like. We wonder what God is like. Look at Jesus. Look at Jesus. He came to show us. And what do we see? We see someone who loved. We see someone who cared. We see someone who brought hope to the hopeless around him throughout the centuries and in the future for us in heaven. Paul wasn't talking about some wishy-washy hope but he was speaking of a, a hope that involves a Holy Spirit that lives inside our hearts. No longer is it simply God's laws written on stone, but God's precepts and God's calling and God's power to follow that kind of life are written on our hearts, the scripture tells us. There's hope for now. In situations that seem hopeless, Christ and his life and his advent says to me and to you today that we are not accidents, that we are here for a purpose, that God knows our names, that our life means something because we're connected to something bigger than us and we'll never know the results of what we did in God's plan until we're in heaven and see one day when people come to us and start thanking us for the Lord's work that we allowed him to use our life to do. Hope in Christ fills us with a faith that knows and trusts that we too, we too, shall follow Christ in the resurrection from the dead to a land and a hope and a life in heaven. But while we're here, while we're here, we know that regardless of what the world says around us, regardless of what we're doing that may seem so mundane and insignificant to us in the world's eyes, but in God's eyes, it matters. It matters. And God can use us no matter how we're involved in this world. It may be a very visible situation where you're in front of people and they know your name. It may be like a great pastor like Billy Graham. And he had a lot of following, and he did a great, great work. But you know what? In order for him to do a great, great work, a lot of thousands of people had to do a lot of work behind the scenes. And in God's eyes, guess what? Those people and their work and what they did is just as important as what Billy Graham did. So today, the Lord is calling us to hope. And I want to encourage you today, in this season of Advent, to celebrate the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. And as we look forward to that time, that time of Christmas this year, that we might anticipate it, anticipate it, dwell on the, the themes of hope and peace and joy and love and, and really think about how God has impacted our lives with these words and these elements that come from our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Today our band's going to come in a few moments and we're going to 
sing another song. And, and we want to be thinking about as we come to that time of, of thinking about the Lord's Supper and communion and all those different things. I want you to be thinking about the hope that Christ gives. I want you to examine your life and think about your life as I think about my life and say, ask that question, without the Lord, without the hope that he gives, where would my life be? Where would my life be? If you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ today, we're going to give you an opportunity to know, to know him in the way many of us in this room know him. He knows your name. He cares for you. He loves you just as much as he loves me or anybody else. And because Christ has come and given us hope, you can have that hope too. God calls you to that kind of hope, a hope that gives your life meaning and purpose every day. If you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ, we're going to invite you to come as we sing the next song. And if you don't have a church home, we're going to invite you to come and join our church and be part of this work here that says to this community around us, to the world around us, that there's hope in Christ. Amen? We're going to stand and we're going to sing together now. And then after that, we're going to observe the Lord's Supper and remember what he's done for us at Calvary as Kevin comes to